Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. That was tremendous. Praise God. All right, so last week we spoke about the angels and how they came and represented the expectation that Jesus would come to spoke to Mary and how they were there also singing assuring the birth. Today we talk about the shepherds. I was so moved by their faces and how they felt. They were being spoken to in fear. It's very moving. Praise God, he's in there. God's choice of the lowly shepherds as those to whom the announcement of Christ's birth came, shows that his love is available to all on the same basis of faith. 
Most people in America are familiar with this passage of Luke 2, 8 through 20. Read it. Even if they rarely crack open a Bible, these verses from Luke have been entered popular culture through Linus' famous speech in the Charlie Brown Christmas video. I love watching that every year or two. Ever since December, since uh, 1965, in between televised scenes of the Grinch slithering around Whoville and George Bailey being saved by Clarence the Angel, just as he's about to jump off the Bedford uh, Falls Bridge and root off the red-nosed reindeer, running around the North Pole with Herbie, an elf who wants to be a dentist. We have Linus, who discovers the true meaning of Christmas in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2. Now, it's certainly a welcome change of pace this December to hear the Bible being quoted on television. <coughs> At least we get to hear it a couple times. But my concern is that with all the annual repetitions, the familiarity of the story of the shepherds can cause us to take it for granted. To overlook just how amazing this incident really is. Because it's not just a story of God's love for some shepherds, it's a story about God's love for us. Amen. To think that God loves you. And if we consider this story carefully, we'll see that it has a message of love and hope for each one of us here. Let's start by looking at the most obvious feature of the story. Who does God announce the birth of his son to? Who does he invite to come and see the new baby? A ragtag collection of sheep. There is only one announcement of Christ's birth recorded in the, Christ, in the scriptures, only one invitation from God to anyone to come visit Mary and Joseph and the infant Jesus. And that one invitation goes to a bunch of uneducated, smelly, low-class, social and religious outcasts. Let me tell you a bit about shepherds. You know, we've been reading and listening and learning about the shepherds. They were the last people you'd expect God to take notice of. First of all, they were religious outcasts. How would you like that? According to Jewish religious law, these men were unclean. Their line of work prevented them from participating in the feast and holy days that made up the Jewish religious calendar. Why? Well, somebody had to watch the sheep. When everyone else was making the trip to Jerusalem to make sacrifices at the temple or to participate in one of the annual feasts, they were out in the fields watching the A modern-day example would be someone who's a trucker or works, you know, with all these other shifts and whose job keeps them from regular attending church. It really wasn't their fault, but they were looked down on from a religious point of view. Whatever might have been in their hearts, they weren't able to participate fully 
and the religious life of the community. That's terrible. And you know what amazes me and hurts me? Is that the religious people who really didn't know God, but betrayed all this holiness and their cute little outfits they wore and their head things and they walked around all holified, noticing every you know mistake that everyone made. They needed those shepherds. See, they needed them to, to take care of the sheep so they could have sheep to sacrifice at the temple. So they needed their services. But they treated them bad. It's kind of like, you know, you get your stuff from, you know, this uh, person who makes it, and you sell it, and you need them to make this product so you can make the money, but you treat them horrible. Not only that, but shepherds were borderline social outcasts. So here they're not wanted by the religious people. And so now society looks at them as like icky people. Since they were constantly on the move to find new pastors for their flocks, they were looked on with suspicion. Kind of the way people today would look at gypsies. Or I wrote this down too, carnival workers. To them, they were that kind of feeling. Not that they're all bad, but I don't know about gypsies. They're kind of scary, aren't they? I don't know if there is anymore. They were often accused of being thieves. If something came up missing, it must have been these shepherds. You know, they needed their own union, didn't they? <laughs> they were not permitted to give testimony in a legal proceeding because their word wasn't considered trustworthy. Who'd want to be a shepherd? I mean, if there there was a list of jobs, would you be like, oh yeah, I'm on, yeah, because I'll be treated, I'll be hated, treated, oh yeah, I like that. And on top of all that, they didn't, they really didn't have much contact with other people. Most of the time, they were living out in the fields. This was not a 40 hour week job. They didn't come home at night. They were with sheep 24 hours a day, seven days a week. During the day, they led the sheep to grass and water. They watched while the sheep grazed. They kept an eye out for predators like wolves. And at night, they actually slept in the sheep pen with the sheep to guard them against the enemy at night. A good shepherd could identify each one of his sheep by sight. He knew his sheep and they knew that get you? That's giving your life for these sheep. I mean, they're they're like they're everything to you. You know them. I don't think I could have given them up for the slaughter, could you? I'd be like, no, not Henry. We're like buds. Henry was always the best one. Being a shepherd was lonely, wearisome usually very boring and tedious, and sometimes extremely dangerous. It gave them a lot of contact with sheep, but very little exposure to people. No wonder that David in the Old Testament, the shepherd who became king of Israel, now that is awesome. The shepherd who was David, 
who got all his knowledge from being a little ship. And his family, of course, he was the least of them, and he was the one who killed the lot. And he also became the king of Israel. And he also was a man after God's heart. And he strayed. And so the shepherd so was such an and David was an accomplished musician. Many shepherds learned to play the flute or some other instrument because they had hours and hours with nothing to do but watch sheep and grass. How's that make you feel about make your job make you feel a little bit better? You're not watching sheep eat grass. I don't know what was the pay. Benefits don't look so good. I wonder if you ever get a day off. Put it this way, you probably wouldn't want your uh, daughter to marry mom. When they come home. Now step back for a moment. Imagine uh, you're making this decision about who's going to announce the most amazing, incredible, joyous news ever. I mean, this is your job. An event which will literally change the course of history. The birth of the Son of Jesus Christ of God. The birth of the one who will be the Savior of the whole world. The one for whom the nation of Israel has been waiting and hoping and praying for thousands of years. You know, that that's bigger than me. They have been praying for thousands of years that this Savior would come. Now, I've been praying for a few things for months or some years or for a long time. And how that becomes hard when you don't see things come, you know, immediately. But there's Jews in Israel that go every day to the, to the Western Wall, which is the only part of the temple that stands. And it's a huge wall. It's kind of like an L. Big, and then they have this. And they use this part. Women on this side, men on this side. And they go every day, and they pray with their body, Emotion and ask for their Savior to come. But he came. He already came. So, you know, when a baby is born to a member of the British royalty, you know, that's a big deal. And so, you know, they have all their big ta-da's and all the big horns and big announcements and some paper that's put like on a, uh, where it's put. And, and the world notices that Prince Harry or whoever, you know, or William or Boom. And that's great, and we think that's wonderful. And I can't wait to see the, the, the wedding, you know, it's gonna be coming up with Harry and I forget her name right now, but whatever. And here were the greatest announcement that ever has been. From an angel that appeared 
at a shepherd's and they were afraid. We'd be afraid too if an angel showed up, wouldn't we? No, we never know when an angel is in a presence. We never know when an angel has, a, has appeared to us. Many, many times angels have protected us within our presence. We didn't know. But praise God when we can feel the sense of the Holy Spirit. So, a few poor shepherds, these social and religious outcasts, received the announcement. Can you imagine the conductor of the angel choir announcing this to them? It's as the Mormon Tabernacle Choir were to rehearse all year to perform the Handel's Messiah and then give the concert for just the eight guys on the building's maintenance crew. Get the point? But the Lord didn't come to the priest and the high people and the religious people of that time. He chose to come to the lowliest of the lowliest, the shepherds. Was it because of David, who was a shepherd? Was it because we call him the great shepherd? Would the religious people, if he would have came to some of the high priests and those religious people in their robes, would they have understood it? Would they have cared? Would they have went about that? But they came to the lowliest of the lowliest. And see, that should help you and I to know that we're not, we don't have to be so great. So he, that shows that he comes to you and I. Where we're at. And so that message was that he came to the lowliest. So that means wherever we're at in life, we're not so low that he didn't come to us. So he didn't come to the, to the royalty. He came to just you and I. Don't you love that? That he loves us so much that we didn't have to, so we don't have to have this great big, you know, whatever. No matter where I'm at in life, if I'm making it or not making it, I never am so great. I don't have to worry about all that. But he comes to us. So that was a sign. Well, isn't it great? And they were afraid. And they could have just ran away or they could have went back to the, to the pen. I mean, who was watching the sheep? Stay there, don't move, right? But I got a feeling that God took care of them. That there was no incidents or accidents because these shepherds were being obedient. When he does things, it's always good. So one wasn't hanging off a cliff or being ate by something, they were all confined in God. But those shepherds then had to act. They had to make a decision what they were to do. I wonder how they felt. Somebody finally noticed them. 
infected them and cared. Can you imagine nobody wanting you? We've all been, we felt that way. We've had people leave us or hurt us and, and mistreat us and hurts and all kinds of things in life where we just maybe didn't feel wanted or accepted. And God wanted to show the least that they were the greatest. And so, isn't it wonderful that he comes to, to the least? And when we're down and when we're out and whatever, he still, we're still important. That's why he came to the But then they were obedient and went to the Savior. Praise God for obedience because sometimes God comes to us and we got to act. When he speaks, when the angel shows up, serious business. And they went to where the Savior was and they knelt down and they rejoiced. So they kind of were the first worshipers. And that's why we have to be worshipers. If we would go and we would see the baby Jesus, we'd be, what would we do? We would show how grateful. And they had to have had the Spirit of God work on them that they knew who they were seeing. And they heard what the angel said Probably, can you imagine? They're, they're half listening and half scared and they're looking at each other. The anxiety, I'd be, it'd be all muffled with that angel. I'd be like, could you say some of that again? But I believe that God gave that so in their mind. They understood every word and they reacted on every word. And they were able to move to the baby child. And knew that this baby was the same. And they rejoiced. So Christmas isn't just about all the activities. Christmas is about how Jesus came. And do we hear the angels speaking? And do we have faith to act? And do we praise the God of the universe that came as a baby to Bethlehem? A small little village. He didn't come to the upper crest. The, the main big palace area, the, the state, the, the, the main, you know, you can come to New York or, you know, Paris, or he came to, to Obetz or West Jefferson or some little hoedown of hoedown, let's put it that way. He came to there for us. And we have to be faithful. Amen. Praise God for those shepherds. They were great men. They're great people because they were taking care of the sheep. So sometimes we're out here. Praise God that He loves us and takes us in and says that we're great. He takes the least and He can make them great. And that's what He can do for us. Praise God. All right. Hey, before 12, you guys. All right.
Next week, we'll be talking about the wise men. And that'll be fun to discuss that and their roles and who they really 